Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra, here to recap our first regular season game of the 7th NWSL season. And it was a big one with Chicago Red Stars against North Carolina Courage. And couldn't recap it alone. No one could ever do anything alone. So I am here. My friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? I'm doing well. You're one game down, I'm undefeated. <laughs> so many more to go. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Okay, so to, to kick things off here... For this uh, match, uh, match day one, you had Chicago Red Stars at North Carolina and uh, Cary NC. Uh, starting lineup for the Courage had Steph LeBay in goal, uh, Mary Thais, Abby Dahlkemper, Abby Ersek, Jalen Hinkle. For the back line, Samantha Mewis, uh, McCall Zerboni, uh, Crystal Dunn, Denise O'Sullivan, the Williams, and Jessica McDonald for their starting 11. Chicago Red Stars rolled out with the following. They had Alyssa Nayer in net, uh, Aaron Wright, Tierna Davidson, uh, Katie Naughton, Sarah Gordon for the back line. Uh, Nikki Stanton, Julie Ertz, Alyssa Motts, uh, Yuki Nagasato, Sam Kerr, Danny Colaprico sort of all running out. Uh, that's starting 11 for Chicago. And seeing that starting lineup for Chicago get released, what were some of your first impressions, Claire? Uh, I mean, it it was about eight out of our top 11, right? We, uh, there was one person per line that was kind of out. Um, not shocking at all. I think obviously Casey short was listed as out, uh, for that weekend. It didn't travel with the team. So she didn't, so she was out of the defense. So they put Sarah Gordon in, um, on the right and then swapped Aaron Gilliland, uh, over. Um, and then, who else? No, or vice versa. Sorry, I'm getting confused. But anyway, um, and then we had uh, Nikki Stanton get the start in midfield um, instead of you would imagine either Vanessa DiBernardo or Morgan Bryan would be someone you would slot in there if they were fully healthy. And then we had Alyssa Motts up top, which was not necessarily a fitness thing, but it was definitely uh, – Definitely seemed like a choice, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next weekend, and maybe we can ask Rory about that. But, um, yeah, I thought Mott's getting the start was maybe the biggest surprise. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would uh, echo those sentiments. Uh, interesting point that I want to bring up for those of you who maybe weren't able to catch the match on Yahoo Sports, because uh, that's a thing that's happening this season. Uh, there was a little bit of a glitch at sometimes the the feeds were swapped on the other game that was also being um, broadcasted at the same exact time in uh, Washington Spirit versus Sky Blue FC. So for people who don't know this, uh, Rory Dames was feeling a bit under the weather. In fact, huh. he was unable to be on the sideline. The coaches came, and the responsibility fell to his first, uh, his two first assistants, in Craig Arrington and uh, Gary Kinnean. So it was uh, very interesting to sort of see uh, how the Red Stars were sort of uh, responding to that um, throughout the match. Uh, I know the starting lineup is usually, uh, you know, put in place uh, well in advance <laughs> to, you know, before kickoff. But uh, yeah, I would definitely ag- agree about Mats. I-, I was a little curious, um, you know, because this team in the offseason made a very specific move for another offensive option in katie johnson whom they made the trade with uh, uh for with sky blue and i know this is the the first uh match of the season but it sort of uh sort of fell at least within at least within those first 20 minutes where you were kind of like there was this kind of vibe where it was like okay where is this gonna go because this feels like it could get real bad and ugly here anytime soon because for those first um first 20 to 25 minutes uh the courage were like piling it on and i should have mentioned this at the top of the show the starting lineup but there were two goals in this game it was a 1-1 draw uh for the red stars and and chicago with the red stars striking first in the 26th minute but again those first 25 minutes uh not so hot a lot of pressure um from north carolina courage uh they they came away with uh 14 shots in that entire first half to to begin with compared to the red stars uh three so it, it was uh it was kind of kind of wild uh before prior to getting that first goal 
uh, from Sam Kerr. What were your impressions of maybe those first 20 minutes, Blair? Um, I mean, there was good and there, there was bad. I mean, North Carolina came out running, you know, right out the gate, which, you know, no one was shocked to see. North Carolina's starting lineup was, I think, their first choice 11. I don't think there was anyone in there that um, – I would imagine replacing uh, it was a, there was some desperate defending, but also I think it was just very compact. I think they knew that they were going to have to weather a storm to start out. Um, and, and my main impression, which was true in the second half as, as well, it, there was more, there were more ebbs and flows in the second half, but um, whenever the red stars got the ball in the midfield, their possession and their pass their passing accuracy um wasn't quite there and so i think they ended up having to do a lot of defending because of turnovers in the midfield uh in addition to obviously north carolina being north carolina but you know you saw them trying things and i think that that led to the first goal because you did finally we did finally get that good pass in midfield from from yuki nagasato and you know chicago snuck one in yeah, no, I, I, you and I, for we were able to sort of link up and and able to watch this game together, which was very interesting to be able to just sort of have that experience and also be kind of analyzing it at at the same time because we were both having very very similar feelings about this game, and at for a while there it was just looking like okay, so this is what this game is going to be and. It looks like the Red Stars are literally only going to get their chance on goal if there's a counter. And then it was as soon as we were like talking about it, that's when it happened. It right. was a sort of clearance um, off of what felt like already a bajillion set-piece opportunities for <laughs> for the Courage. Right. And there was a sort of clearance, and it ended up falling to Yuki Nagasato, who just, I mean, she just absolutely sent this wonderful ball through to Sam Kerr, like, we saw all last season and uh, Sam Kerr just, she literally just uh, ran away with it. Props to Abzi Ersek, uh, who was one of two defenders who sort of got uh, beat by Kerr, but ended up sort of having some really good positioning there towards the end. After yeah, she, Le- she covered Le- the Le- near came post. Out. Yeah. yeah. It took so LeBay came out and was a little stretched out, ended up covering the post and Sam Kerr was still able to put it away just because she's, she's that kind of player, but that that's all it took. And it was so, it was so sort of interesting to see that because you knew even though that goal happened that you there still wasn't any sort of breathing room. It still was kind of like, well, you're playing against North Carolina Courage, and if anything, they're probably going to be real mad <laughs> that that just that that just happened. Well, it, I think I think we said something like it's like in a way it feels like every goal against the courage is like an away goal in a two leg tie where it's like, well, I guess now if they want to win, they got to score too. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. And that was also sort of, it was like, I, this game sort of felt like a, a bit of uh, like friendly reminders for me. It was like, Oh yeah. It was like, sometimes the red stars are really good at playing low and blocking in like this. sometimes. Yeah, they and threw then, yeah, I, the block shots number was like, oh like 12 God. block shots or something. Exactly. It yeah. felt kind of like for me, I can't speak for everyone out there, but for me, it felt, it had this, these feelings of like a very old school sort of like red star yeah. kind of game, like even pre Kristen press <laughs> kind yeah, of game. Right. And I was like, wow. So it was kind of a throwback uh, for me there, but it also at the same time was this, this game was like a hints of friendly reminders. And it's like sort of seeing the red stars play that play that way but also seeing North Carolina play the way that they were playing because I was like they're basically gonna just keep coming at you with these shots until they eventually start going in that's just their mo yeah Um, they're I mean I think Chicago benefited from some pretty poor shot selection from North Carolina which seems like early season stuff Um, but you know when your opponent is taking low percentage shots you know that's a testament to what you're doing in defense so I think it was a mixture of the two and you know to a certain extent plan worked they got out there with a point they did get out there with a point I, it, it was uh you know heading into that second half uh as they started to approach the the 60th minute I think again just to go back in our in our in-game analysis there uh 
we were kind of wondering, you know, because we have talked, we've, we've spoken about this already in the podcast for a couple episodes about how maybe these opening matches for, and at least for the, the next few weeks, are sort of going to still have that bit of preseason-y vibe to them as, like, players start to get, find their way back into playing form and playing regular match minutes and stuff like that. Uh, so that eventually uh, you, there might we might see some teams or some players start maybe hitting a wall at a certain point. And I remember that 60th minute uh, coming in, and then all of a sudden the the courage started getting more set pieces, and we were like, something might happen here, and it eventually did. And this was also a game of goals coming out of nowhere because for the courage and their equalizer it ended up being an equalizer by Crystal Dunn that just sort of felt like a goal that happened out of uh, nothing. But that's all it takes for the courage. You have somebody like Crystal Dunn and she makes that happen. Uh, and it sort of felt a little bit like uh, once that goal was conceded, it just sort of felt like the rest stars at this point were playing uh, for a bit of a result. Is that the impression maybe you got, Claire? Yeah, I, I think... I think that they played with a certain amount of confidence in the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of uh, the second half. Uh, still trying things in the midfield. It was relatively well matched. And actually, I mean, the real scary flurry of North Carolina um, offense came after the equalizer, which I think is relevant. I think Chicago collapsed in a little bit after uh North Carolina scored on a weird goal the goal itself I mean it, I think it went through Tierna Davidson's legs but I think it also deflected off of her so it was a weird bounce um but again you try to block a bunch of shots eventually it might you might block it you know right into the goal but um uh yeah I, I think that they immediately went into shutdown mode and we I think you tweeted this they benefited from some courage subs I yeah, think. I I did tweet that. I think yeah. that the best thing that happened after that uh, consecutive sequence of set pieces, specifically those corner kicks, was that they had started to happen immediately after both McCall Zervoni and Jess McDonald had subbed out of the game. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, this, this actually might have worked out really well. Yeah. And again, I don't know how much to criticize Chicago for this or just to understand that that's the reality of, of playing the courage. So, um I want to take take him to task maybe for uh, for the mental reaction after the equalizer, but also I don't know what if much else you do because, like I said, the accuracy in the midfield wasn't that great. So, in a way, I think by shutting that down and just really gutting it out, you know, it, it worked. Will it work? You know, in when do they play them again? In the middle of May? Will it work at the end of the season? I don't know, but. Um, you know, it worked this weekend, and I think probably f for this kind of rough, not rough, but challenging stretch, this was probably good good for the Red Stars to walk away with from that uh, opener with something to feel good about. And obviously they had that wild momentum swing right at the very end, so that's positive to move off of too. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think another small positive that uh, people might want to consider are are some of those substitutions that Chicago ended up making there. Um, Yugi Nagasato yeah. coming out of the game, right. and Aaron Wright uh, ended up coming out of the game, uh, along with Alyssa Motz and uh, Vasconcelos, uh, Morgan Bryan, and Vanessa DiBernardo yep. uh, got, got match minutes. Uh, so Morgan Bryan ended up playing for about uh, 17 minutes, uh, Di Bernardo came on and stopped like pretty much the end of the game. Got a, right. a couple of minutes there, a few minutes. Uh, but I thought something very interesting, and, and you had actually mentioned this uh, during our game watch, Claire, was that uh, the midfield and the shape and their sort of tempo just looked and felt a little bit different when Morgan Bryan came into that yeah, game. Yeah, it got better. It really it calmed down. She really calmed that midfield down, not in a way where they suddenly looked lethal, but just you can feel she is someone who you know, maybe at this moment still does it better in league than internationally, but she has the ability truly to slow the pace down a little bit. And against North Carolina, that's nice. It's a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, uh, for sure. I would agree with that. I, I did like, uh, so it was good to see the subs were actually uh, made in a match like this. Uh, I would have liked to see uh, maybe somebody like Katie Johnson out there. I think at one point I mentioned that I would have liked to have seen some more um 
speed up top. There were some moments there where, you know, a player like Yugi Nagasato has a very specific uh, skill set that she provides for this team. Right. And for being the first game, of course, we saw some disjointed uh, passes and maybe some miscues. But uh, I would imagine it was a little bit frustrating to have your, you know, sort of midfield playing these balls way ahead of you that you could not get behind. Right. There were a couple of times where they sent these long balls in specifically to Nagasato to try to get her to run in on goal. And she's just doesn't have that pace up top. Yeah. 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 Where, so, I mean, it's a, a lot of things to take away from this game. It's a, it's a game one draw on the road, getting a point against North Carolina, you know, on the road into the good old drainage derby, I think is, uh, <laughs> Is something to to hang your head on. It's it's not a bad way to start or kick off your season by any means. Uh, so congrats to the team on you know getting out of there with a result. To be quite honest, and um, it led to some other uh, sort of cool stuff that we're gonna start getting into right now because uh, we're gonna preview this home opener that's gonna happen against the 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 Portland Thorns. But before we do that, we're going kind of a chronological order here. Uh, once this uh, game came to a close, the Chicago Red Stars uh, organization went ahead and did a kit reveal for their 2019 home kit. And uh, if you haven't seen it online already, what is going on with you? Because the hype around this kit uh, is tremendous. And not only is it tremendous, it is 100% true and accurate and uh, deserving of the hype, uh, personally speaking. And they sort of had this kind of cool event to sort of showcase that and it took place uh, at the blind barber and it was uh, really fun unfortunately some players weren't able to to get there their flight was delayed because of course uh we had a bit of chicago april snow showers we got five inches of snow yesterday it, that happened that yeah. was a that happened it was both cold enough it was both simultaneously cold enough to snow and accumulate and yet also warm enough at the same time for it to be melting everywhere where there's like small pockets of floods in in this throughout the city right now like yep. it's it's very hilarious and it's 100% um Chicago so unfortunately uh the players who traveled to North Carolina were unable to be at this event but um some of the draft picks and Casey Short who did not travel with the team were were in attendance so it was really cool to sort of see their reaction to this kit, uh, what's being referred to as the Elevate kit, which is paying homage to the city of Chicago, like their kits do every year, but in particular the uh, the L train and the fact that we have a awesome elevated train system in this city. So the quote unquote maze that everybody <laughs> thought that this kit looked like, and were basically telling on themselves that they don't go to Chicago and they're not from here, was not a maze at all. It was actually uh, mirrored off of the, you know, the train line map. And uh, I thought it was very, very cool. It's something that was being worked on for months and months and months. It was something that was designed in-house. Uh, shout out to Anthony, Tony G, uh, for putting in some great design work on this. And really just all the front office for just sort of coming together and um, doing good work on it. And this collaboration that they had with the times and Jason Peterson doing some photography. Like the, there's a video that went along with this release on top of the photography and the graphic design and all of the imaging that's behind it. And it's just really, really, really top notch stuff that it's getting some recognition, uh, not just from those of us who are local media, but more uh, mainstream kind of local media and the media that's outside of Chicago and just general fan excitement uh, across the board uh, throughout the NWSL. Just just really cool stuff to see. And uh, I liked that apparently they're already sold out. Yeah, they're like hella sold, sold out. out. Yeah, and I know there's some takes out there where, you know, people are kind of like, wow, like how can you be sold out already? But, you know, these kits are from Nike, so there's, I'm sure some stuff. <laughs> right. It's always, it's never easy, right? It's always, it's always going to be, it's always going to be something yeah. with Nike. You know what I just I, think it's oh, still impressive. Yeah. You know what I was thinking today, yesterday and today, which is just like, I, um, I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about suburban versus urban markets and how local these teams really get and all of that sort of stuff. And, and I was just thinking like, 
I think it's super cool, specifically if you talk about imaging, just the Chicago, obviously just because she's a great player, but that they have a player like Sarah Gordon who is a local, she's like a hometown kid, and she understands visuals and like understands branding and they feel really comfortable having her be kind of front and center of all of this even though she's not a quote unquote like star of the league um but her not like role but just who she is and what she represents for the club and having that be a big part of this I think is really great and it's like years in the making it's I think you know the kit's hot and I'm glad it's selling but the story behind it you know it's just a long investment in uh, trying to figure out exactly who this team is and, and what they represent in the city. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all really cool. Yeah, no, 100%. I think you hit the nail, you know, right in the head. It's, it's really the story behind this kit that kind of is part of what makes it so cool. Like, yeah, of course it looks great. People can't wait to wear it. It's selling literally like crazy to the point where a, Adult sizes are pretty much sold out for the most part, including a pre-ordered shipment. Right. The second uh, run. Yeah. The second run of a pre-ordered shipment is already sold out, but it is, it is absolutely so much more than that. It is the story behind it. And I love that they have been talking a lot about how it's uh, a Jersey inspired by Chicago for Chicago, because it really is. And then yeah. you have this, you have all these people uh, working and investing their time in on this kit design and like that's really what for me um chicago's about i mean even as someone who was uh, born and raised here i'm i'm not naive or blind to the fact that this city is millions and millions of people and so many of them are people who have relocated to this city from all over the place and have absolutely 100 percent adopted this place as their home you know whether they're coming from overseas or whether they're coming from rural midwestern areas like in ohio or indiana or wisconsin or whether they're coming from the pacific northwest or norcal and relocating here they're absolutely uh adopting and buying into chicago and its city and its culture and sort of having all of that come to life and blend in together and have this kid out there sort of as this labor of love is yeah. really really cool to see and yeah. I'm really glad that it's being so successful right now yeah and I think also and, and I think Arnim mentioned this a little bit yesterday and I believe he also said this in a quote to I believe it was NBC um, the local NBC affiliate which is just um, in a World Cup year I think they really just they know that eyes are going to be on the World Cup players when they come back including you know Sam Kerr and they specifically wanted those players, those stars, wearing the city map. They wanted it to be incredibly clear who they play for, who they represent. No questions. These people play for Chicago. Chicago's right there, right on the jersey. So I think that that was so smart. I love it. Words, same. And I love that you had a great photo today of a division, uh, <laughs> yeah. of a division map. And you're like, oh, my God, look at this crazy Chicago Red Stars branding. And it's just... <laughs> It's so great how much that mirrors it. It's it's perfect, and that's it looks like that's what they were going for, and I and I think they nailed it. And I cannot wait to see this kit, you know, out on the pitch this weekend for their home opener against the Portland Thorns. It's a doubleheader, guys. In case you know you out there don't know, um, it's going to be the Chicago Fire uh, playing against the Colorado Rapids. Uh, they're kicking off at about noon, and then Chicago Red Stars and Portland Thorns are the headliners, and they're kicking off at about two thirty. Everything, you know timing and weather and everything permitting it goes well um so i'm really excited to see that and see this kit sort of in action and uh i don't think we're gonna maybe see anything too differently than from the red stars that we maybe saw out of north carolina uh i don't know we'll see how rory names feels if he's still feeling <laughs> sick uh, how that uh starting lineup looks uh what do you think the starting lineup might look like or what do you hope and maybe see out of them come saturday claire yeah, I think it'll all just depend on fitness. Um, obviously, Erin Wright got pushed around a little bit on Saturday, so we'll see how she's feeling. She might be fine or, or might not feel feel so great. Um, see if Casey Short, you know, if, if she's feeling a little bit better, maybe she can go for a half or so. Um, 
And then, yeah, the midfield is really the only real question. But, no, I think you're right. I think it's going to be pretty similar to what we saw against North Carolina. I think the Thorns are going to look about the same as well. Um, their real question mark, I guess, is Emily Menges in the back. But I think the timeline for that was probably not this weekend, maybe the following weekend. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close to what we saw at the end of last season, which should be a fun place to pick up. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I would like to see sort of something similar that we saw out of the match match one against Carolina is something I want to see. Maybe this match I would love to see uh, those three subs utilized. Right, uh, get I'm a little here bit more subs. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the subs. Let's get some players out there, uh, get a run out against uh, these sort of top teams while these early weeks are still going on because these early weeks don't define the table. So I think it's still good to sort of get these players uh, kind of out there and, and getting getting those minutes and getting that game uh, match, match day experience. Um, so I, I won't be surprised if uh, we don't see um, significant changes from what we saw against Carolina. Uh, would like to see the subs. Uh, as far as like predictions, what are you feeling after seeing a game out of Portland and a game out of Chicago? What do you think? Uh, the scoreline could look like here. Man, I think it's really just going to depend on marking in the box. <laughs> um, <laughs> if Chicago can mark in the box, I think it might go well for them. Uh, I was thinking about this today. My big question mark for this game is Caitlin Ford. Because she scored for them this past I weekend. Hear, I hear she's good at soccer. Right. I mean, I've heard that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, can maybe confirm. Um, and she was obviously a much – she wasn't a factor in their early games against Portland last year and was still kind of working her way into the lineup the last time they played each other. Um, so I think that there's going to be more wrinkles to Portland's offense than Chicago's going to like because they're a good team. But I think if they can stay on their marks – I think they could. I think they could do well. The momentum's good. Um, I think it'll depend on on how available the midfield starters are. But I could see this becoming a, maybe two one. I'm gonna go with two one. Yeah, I feel same. I feel like this is going to be like a, a full out result. I don't. I don't know. I don't think or know if this game has a draw in it. Yeah, I think there might be someone who feels real good and someone who might be upset you know, after, after this game. Uh, but yeah, I think it, I agree. I think it might be low. I think it'd be two one at the, I'll, I'll even go one uh, zero. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what we're going to get. I just, I just want a really good game and, uh, I want there to be a great turnout and, uh, hopefully everything, uh, works out on this, uh, double header and everybody can catch all our, our work and our coverage about it. Um, over a hot time, uh, we're going to probably be doing some fun game day stuff, um, on the Southside Trap uh, Instagram. Uh, Claire, as far as your personals, where can people find you and all your good work? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, we're really getting into it now, aren't we? Games are happening. Um, you can <laughs> find me at The Equalizer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really, I am think I'm going to write about, I think I'm going to write about jerseys this week. So hopefully I can get something up uh, <laughs> about that uh, on The Equalizer this week. Um, still doing recaps at Hot Time. Uh, please check those out. I find those very fun to do and i like it when people read them uh and on twitter you can find all of those things at scout ripley which is also the name of my musical project support your local chicago band scout ripley they are good uh as for me and my shenanigans you can always uh follow me on twitter at sandrera underscore that's h-e-r-r-e-r-a you can find a lot of my soccer writing and work over at Hot Time. You can catch uh, previews there for the Red Stars, and you can catch uh, some semi-recaps, uh, mostly key points, uh, what we like takeaways from the matches and stuff. Uh, I'm also going to be doing some work on a brand-new site called Second City Soccer, so you should check them out when you get a chance. But you should mostly just continue to support Southside Trap Podcast. And you can do that by following us on all social channels at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Southside Trap Pod. That's with one letter for you guys, Southside Trap Pod. And please do not forget to listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you have the time, you should definitely leave us a like, leave us a rating, maybe leave us a little comment or review. We really appreciate those because you guys actually write them and you say such nice and wonderful things. And we appreciate all of your 
support. We had a really awesome chat with Chicago Local 134 about their supporters group trip to North Carolina and we talked about away support for the Chicago Red Stars and we talked about an awesome fundraiser that they're doing for this weekend's home opener. So please enjoy this interview that I had with Maggie and Lauren from Chicago Local 134. Hello and welcome to a special segment edition of the Southside Trap Podcast. I'm here tonight with some friends, homies, and supporters from Chicago Local 134. And I'm going to allow them Whoa. to introduce themselves. What's going on tonight, guys? Hey. Uh, we're doing all right. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here. Favorite podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Maggie and Lauren. So what is it that you guys uh, do with Chicago Local 134? What are your titles? Uh, hey, so I, I'm Maggie. Uh, I am the dictator for life of Chicago <laughs> Local 134. Uh, that's my official title. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think I have to elaborate further. <laughs> um, and I'm Lauren. Um, I'm the one that you see doing the social media like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, website, anything else. Um, and it's more fun than my own Twitter. So that's why I like that. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, I want to apologize for our voices because we were yelling a lot this yeah. weekend. Yeah, we're actually we're actually going to talk about that. But uh, yeah, so the Almighty Dictator and the social media grew. So we got them two on yeah. tonight. Uh, the meme. If we're, if we're being honest, if we if if people are looking for a comparison, I am like I'm the queen to uh, Lawrence Prime Minister. <laughs> nice, that's a good comparison. Uh, helpful i like it i love the uh social media game the memes are usually on point i always appreciate those um but yeah it felt like a really long off season and all of a sudden opening weekend uh was here and we're going to talk a little bit about some of what you guys uh did this weekend and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen for this home opener weekend uh, but that opening match was against uh, North Carolina away in Cary and C. And you guys had planned a supporters group away road trip. Can you talk to me a little bit about sort of how that came to life? Yeah, this is Lauren. I, I can say for me, um, I uh, I started being a fan of the team uh, right after the World Cup. And uh, didn't you know, wasn't really like a huge fan yet, like enough to like travel for a little bit. And by the time I was ready to be like an away supporter, <laughs> You know, we're just in this weird limbo here in Chicago where no one's really close to us. Um, and so when we found out that the, the, the you know, the season opener was against um, the, you know, the, the courage and we could theoretically drive there in a day, I was like, let's go. We're rounding the troops up. We're going. We're showing them what Chicago is. Yeah, I think um, this is Maggie. Um, I think just seeing that we had a Saturday game right off the bat and a few of us were available. We were like, let's just get this on the calendar um, and, you know, get the season started a little earlier. I, I love the, uh, the concept of sort of traveling away support for a team and the NWSL officially kicked off its seventh season. And Claire spoke to this a little bit, not too long ago. The whole concept of having away support at games is like, a thing like it's starting to become a thing that we're seeing so is that something that you guys with with chicago local one before want to like continue to make happen oh my gosh totally this was my first experience at an away game uh which i'm a little bit embarrassed to even say but like lauren said everything's super far away from us um but um it, it's such a unique experience being an away supporter versus being at home at home. You know, it's kind of your house. You're comfortable there. Um, you know, it's assumed that you're going to be there, but showing up as an away supporter feels really special. We kind of um, collected this ragtag group of Chicago supporters who had come from all different places to the game. Um, and, you know, we felt like we were being a little bit, uh, antagonistic, which is kind of <laughs> our thing. Um, and, uh, and yeah, making some noise from Chicago in a place where that was not expected at all. So yeah, we, we were that. just, we were just in our little corner. Um, we put up our, we put up our flags and our, and our, uh, our sign and a couple people started to walk by with 
maybe a flag that or like a shirt that had a flag on it or a jersey or maybe like a curd shirt but a cubs hat you know what i mean which is like a very intentional choice wow um so we just kind of collected everyone we actually sold two scarves in the stadium so that was fun um <laughs> And yeah, we, we we were just telling everyone, come come yell, have a good time. This is this is what this is what we like to do. Yeah, no, that was super cool uh, to sort of watch watch this game on the the Yahoo stream, and to open the game. You know, the Red Stars and Alyssa Nair. You know, that was sort of their their final third there in that very first half. So to sort of see mm-hmm. you guys um, on the screen there, and then you guys were coming in pretty pretty wild on the on the feed, like loud and clear. So that was cool. I also loved, uh, I love that the, someone, you guys were rocking the Mexican flag. Like, you know, I always appreciate mm-hmm. that. I saw that immediately and I was like, yes, I love it. More of it, serve it up. But it's cool to, to know that uh, having away supporters at the game and then sort of also being embraced by that sort of home crowd. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about sort of like the welcome or maybe not welcome that you received there? Uh, as far as the, the stadium, the, all the people at the facilities were super easy to work with. Um, we, we communicated a little bit with North Carolina supporters, um, talked to a few people who, who, uh, support the courage. Um, yeah. Lauren, yeah, we, um, we, we worked really hard, you know, like, like you mentioned, away support is sort of like a new thing, um, for most groups except for like the riveters and i actually reached out to their um uh, travel you know uh lead and they gave us um some helpful tips they were really nice that's the thing about this league everyone you know like for those 90 minutes you know sworn enemies but outside of that everybody just wants to help the league and the sport and like the idea of like support grow um and so we were able to you know find who we needed to find in north carolina we got everything that we wanted to bring in into the stadium. Um, and we made friends with a security guard near us to make sure that we could stay there the whole game, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. She's now the proud owner of a local 134 pin. Yep. <laughs> that's, see, that's that's awesome. Making friends and making connections and networking. That's all good stuff. And, uh, I mean, it might not have felt like it at the time because the Red Stars and the were facing a lot of shots from the Courage, but that's expected from the Courage. But it was cool that um, you guys were to go see a game and they ended up coming away with a point out of it. So it's always fun mm-hmm. to, to, to get a result and see Sam Kerr score a goal. That's always awesome. And uh, you guys ended up road tripping it back. And it was kind of funny uh, because of some of the weather that we were talking about that took place on your on your drive back. That it actually sort of, deli- well, not sort of, it, it literally delayed the rest of our squad coming coming back to Chicago and I saw sort of a funny thing there where you guys had put out that you were maybe almost in a race about who would make it back to Chicago first. Yeah, it was a one-sided race and we did lose. Um, but you know, we're keeping our heads high. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, actually, no. we offered Amanda Duffy a ride home. She didn't take us up on it. Yeah. But she yeah. Might have, That's she true. Might have regretted that the next day. Yeah. The, off the offices are, are back here for sure. But I, I, I love that you guys had, had planned that and it looked like it, it was a really successful, um, sort of a like game day event, and I'm really excited yeah. to hear that there's going to possibly be more of that stuff in in the future. Yeah, um, and you know, Maggie made a joke there. We actually did tweet Amanda Duffy um, that we would give her a ride back, but then she actually came over to our section um, to like thank us for coming out and supporting the league, and we all thought that was really cool. She took, you know, she she uh, she took a picture with us. She said that she's going to be at the doubleheader this weekend, so we thought that was just really cool because you don't you don't really hear from, from the league that, you know, like the league office that much. And it was nice to like meet her in person and um, show, you know, what that, you know, Chicago is really, you know, here to support the team. Yeah, for sure. I did see that photo. That was uh, extremely cool. Uh, People in those positions don't necessarily quote unquote have to do that kind of stuff, but that was cool that she interacted with you guys on, on the OA support, but that's a really good segue. I appreciate you mentioning the home opener that's happening this weekend because you guys have some more really cool stuff going on in celebration of this home opener. It's a double header. Uh, Chicago Fire taking on the Rapids and Chicago Red Stars is going to open up their the home opener against the Portland Thorns. And you guys have had some really cool stuff in the works uh, involving a fundraiser, I believe, for the NW, uh, NWSL Players Association. And I want you guys to talk about that a little bit about what's going to happen this weekend. 
sounds yeah. like. No, we're, we're, uh, we're very excited to be supporting the Players Association. Um, you know, we call ourselves a supporters group, and we support, we support the Chicago Red Stars um, and the idea that women's soccer is something that should keep happening. So the Players Association is a huge part of that. Um, so our, our tailgates are typically free. Um, we don't typically charge for our tailgates, but because we know we're going to have a little bit of a bigger crowd this uh, this game, um, we figured it would be a good opportunity to, to raise some money for the association. Um, and so we're going to do an optional but strongly encouraged donation uh, for anyone who's looking to grab some food at the tailgate. That sounds really yeah. cool. I like yeah, that. Just, no, go ahead, Lauren. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say it starts um, – it starts before the fire game, which is first. So the tailgate's going to be at ten o'clock, um, and we'll be we'll have pancakes and eggs, um, and orange juice if you want to bring your own champagne. Um, and uh, you know we um, we we encourage everybody to go in and watch the fire with you know our friends in Section Eight um, and uh, and um, uh, Sector Latino. But um, if you can't be there, we're still going to have people um, outside before the Red Stars game, um, just because, you know, we know not everybody can make it to both games. And if you still want to, like, donate, um, you know, and hang out, there'll be people there. I do. I do highly, for, for people who don't know, like, I do highly recommend, even if you can't stay for the whole thing, because a doubleheader is a, a big commitment. That's a big, big commitment of ours uh, for, yeah. for two games and stuff like that. But I myself, and you guys know this, I myself personally am a huge fan of the drive-by just because of this game days where I have to go cover the game and I'm literally covering the game and I have to go and like check in at, at, at media and stuff. So when I get the chance and actually do get there early, like I try to swing by and say what's up and maybe drop off some goodies and say hello and stuff. And even if it's just for a little bit, it's always a really good time and really, really welcoming. And I always really enjoy being able um, to do that when, when I can do that. Uh, but Your drive-bys else, so- are legendary and we were literally talking about it this weekend. Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> we were. I, may, I might have done an impression. <laughs> dropping, dropping hints. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. Uh, and a- actually, uh, on the subject of uh, of the double header, um, I want to plug the fact that this year, uh, thanks to our friends at the supporters group um, Redline, uh, the Redline SG. Um, we will be running a bus to and from all of the games this year from. Uh, Reggie's, um, which is right near Chinatown, um, to Toyota Park, sorry, not Toyota Park, to the Geek. Um, (laughs) And so that bus will be running for the first time for a Red Stars game at the doubleheader this weekend. Um, The primary bus will be going uh, to and from Reggie's before the fire game and after the Red Stars game. So that'll be for people going to both games which is what our what we're encouraging people to do. But I believe there will be a shuttle that goes back and forth in between the games um, in case you're looking to go to just the Red Stars game. No, I love it. That was one of the, some of the off-season stuff that you guys had um, announced you in the, uh, the Red Line SG group. And that was really cool uh, to see just sort of that bit of growth that can kind of happen. I love, like, you know, a, a big team with, in a big city making big moves like that. And that was really cool because one of the gripes um, that people tend to throw out there is that it's difficult for them to make it to Red Stars games because of, you know, them being in Bridgeview. So it's cool that there is going to be this program with the shuttle bus being able to get people to and from SeatGeek Stadium. And hopefully it'll help, you know, people get to more games and stuff like that. I would really like to see that this year. Yeah, uh, we were workshopping some songs for the bus this weekend, too. So just know the bus is an event in itself. It's very fun. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, and I love Reggie's. Reggie's is a a great spot. I've I've done um, just going to go see like concerts and shows there, but also they're really fun for a game day experience. Mm -hmm. I've done the whole baseball, um, like White Sox bus and stuff with them. And it's it's, it's been a lot of fun. Like Reggie's is just a good vibe. And uh, I imagine that with soccer and the rest of ours, it's it's going to be even more fun. So that's really exciting. So you've got a fundraiser going on this weekend. We've got a big, big game against the, you know, with two heavyweights sort of going at it and the Thorns and the Red Stars and the and the bus news going on. And we're going to also see the Red Stars take on the Thorns and these brand new home kits. And I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that Ooh. reveal real quick before we end this out. 
Oh my gosh. And like, I'm so excited. Just, I've been on Twitter all day, just liking <laughs> other people's reactions to the kit. Like, I love seeing that excitement. It makes me get excited. I was already excited, but now I'm like, I feel the atmosphere around the Red Stars, just to borrow their word, it's it's elevated. Um, I feel like I'm a brand representative. I kind of am. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, they're gorgeous. I mean, I, I love them. I love this city. I love to see it you know, literally being taken onto the field with the Red Stars. And uh, I love that it was designed in-house, too. That's that's one of the – I think Claire mentioned something. Like, that's so Chicago. I love I love that. So Absolutely. couldn't be happier. Did you guys – were you guys able to, uh, to cop one or no? I saw that they are pretty much, like, selling out pretty quick. If not, they sold out already. Uh, I did get one, and I've got some plans <laughs> I've got some for a reveal of my own. Nice. On that. So we'll keep that. We'll keep yeah, that. Yeah, stay tuned for that one. Well, well I'm looking forward to it, and um, yeah, I really love that. Um, for people out there who don't know, with this fundraiser uh, being uh, supporting the NWSL Players Association, and then the fact that it's by you guys, Chicago Local One Three Four. People who don't know or aren't from here don't go here. Uh, Chicago has its uh, history with uh, big, big roots like in uh, in labor and it's a union town and a worker town. Uh, so I love that you guys uh, are Chicago local 134, sort of branded after that, and that you're doing this fundraiser for another union, a players union. I think that's really, really cool. And Maggie, you had like this really cool set of uh, uh, tweets today in, in a thread talking about sort of how you're trying to move forward and move beyond like what it means to just be a supporter and for people who maybe don't follow you on Twitter maybe sort of sum up really quickly sort of what you were spitting out there today sure yeah I think it, it, it was thoughts based on a lot of conversations we've had as a group in the past few months um I think it, it uh if you've seen our merch that we're doing this year we we're drawing a, a distinction between being a fan and being a supporter so we consider ourselves supporters which is sort of an active um, role versus fans, which are which is a passive role. Uh, and the, the tweets I put out today um, were kind of reflections on, um, on what that means to me. So um, I think one thing it means to me being a supporter is that you're tapping into a community, you're creating a community, and that's what we're doing with Local 134. Um, we're looking to bring people together, uh, give them a, an opportunity to connect around the Red Stars. Um, you know, when, when I first started supporting the Red Stars, I was, you know, taking the Metra out to Lyle, taking an Uber from the train station, watching the game by myself. It was a sad and lonely <laughs> life for one, one Red Stars season. And then the next year I uh, got involved with Book 134, um, took took it over from uh, Nicole Hack, who had had ran, who, she ran the group during the WPS, and handed off to me. And I think that our role is to create a space where people can uh, get to know each other and uh, connect in oh, around soccer, but in a way that's bigger than bigger than the game. Um, build friendships and community. And then the, the second um, thing I see Local 134 being part of is in women's soccer, uh, I think that there is a, I'm trying to make sure I say it the way I want to say it. Um, there can be a culture of fandom where players are valued uh, not necessarily for their role as professionals, but sort of as, as celebrities. Um, and I, I, I think that they are both of those things ultimately, but Local 134, our ethos is to flip the importance of those two things where the players are primarily professional athletes. Um, you know, we're not asking for their time. We're not asking for their um, autographs necessarily. Uh, what we're asking for is um, some really great soccer that we can watch and enjoy 
and for them to represent the team in a responsible and, um, you know, world-class way. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I love watching women's soccer because I love watching women succeed. Um, you know, I'm a feminist and I, um, I see supporting women's sports as a, as a feminist act, especially when you do so actively in a way that, you know, constructively um, elevates the game. Again, elevates, it's my new favorite word. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I want Local 134 to be uh, part of a movement to, um, you know, really emphasize professionalization of, of women's soccer, showing respect for the players as world-class athletes, and, and also um, supporting clubs in a way that, that's, um, that's connected to the culture that the club is creating and uh, that organization versus individual players. Um, so that's my soapbox. I can step down from it whenever, but. Man, that was great. Uh, this, is, this is why she's dictated for life. We never want her to step down from that soapbox. <laughs> I mean, no, that was that was really dope. I'm just kind of sitting here like, wow, that, that was deep. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Lauren and Megan, you guys rock. Thanks for all the work that you do. And personally, thank you for all the support and love that you guys uh, have sort of thrown our way at, you know, at doing Southside Trap Podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And love seeing all the work that you guys are doing. And I, I that kind of hyped me up right now, Maggie. Like, I can't wait to see how this season folds out and, and you know, what you guys bring, you know, there at the Harlem Men. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good stuff. So if you guys want to okay. plug Chicago Local 134's uh, socials and your own personals, uh, by all means, go ahead and do that. Yeah, we're Chicago Local 134 um, on everything. Um, we are ChicagoLocal134.net. Um, on, <laughs> on our website, which I explained right. to Claire on Twitter, is because um, a, a gentleman on the internet said that we had to pay $150 for .com, and we said, no, thank you. So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we're, we're too cool for .com. Yeah. I love it. Well, guys, uh, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, see you again this weekend.